Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball, and you're listening to Speaking of Travel right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty. They've been helping people call Asheville home since 1979. And I wanted to make sure that everybody remembers to enter the Vero Beach Summer Flyaway Sweepstakes. One lucky winner is going to receive two round trip tickets on Elite Airways from Asheville to Vero Beach, Florida. Three days, four nights, luxury accommodations. All you have to do is go to www.summerflyaway.com. No purchase necessary. And remember, you can listen anywhere, anytime in the whole wide world on your free iHeartRadio app. App. Well, let me tell you this great story. About a month ago, I had some house guests visiting from Eugene, Oregon. They were planning on getting over to my house later in the evening to begin their stay, and they called to ask if this friend of theirs could stay overnight as he passed through Asheville on this awesome road trip he was on. Well, of course, it was fine for me because any friend of theirs was certainly going to be a friend of mine. Well, I can tell you that's how I met J.C. Griner, a legend in his own right as he was embarking on this 4,300-mile, 10-day interactive road trip from Eugene, Oregon to New York City to promote the release of his debut novel, Wild Man. And since that time, I've read that book, Wild Man, and I can tell you, he is a wild man. Welcome to my show, JC. I am so excited to have you here. Hey, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me on the show and for letting me uh, crash at your place. That was much appreciated. Well, I can tell you, I heard from my neighbors afterwards, oh, my God, they were like, who was driving that 93 Buick Century, right? (laughs) (laughs) That looked pretty stylish outside my house. (laughs) So yeah, JC, uh, it's it's a pretty pretty distinct vehicle. So, yes, it uh, I'm is. Glad. I, I hope you had some good stories to tell. Very good stories. In fact, we have stories to tell about that evening that will go into infamy, right? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. That was a fun time, and you were really you were w- well on your way on this trip. And you know, as you told me about what was going on and what you were doing, and then I've since read the book and. I'm telling you, JC, this is really uh, pretty awesome and epic what you're doing here. Oh, thank you. yeah, it's uh, it, that that's that's great to hear. I mean, I know you hear plenty of uh, travel stories, so making one's way across the country in a '93 Buick, I didn't know how high that would be on your list, but it felt pretty epic from my perspective. Uh, I've taken a lot of road trips over the years, but this one because the tie-in with the book and also just the sheer amount of of mileage per day. I had to, I kind of, I basically failed to do the accurate math until the trip started and then figured out about two days in that I was going to have to clock at least 400 to 450 miles a day over a 10-day period, uh, as well as stopping off and doing interviews and meeting people and uh, trying to get enough miles to uh, to get there, which of course had to be pledged um, through book sales or through donations to the American Library Association. So it was a 
it became a pretty harrowing trip, and a lot of the drives that I was making had to be done, you know, after business hours when the bookstores and libraries I was visiting were closed. So everything would shut up around 6 or 7 p.m., and then I would be in the car until sometimes 3, 4, even 5 in the morning. So that was a... That was a new experience for me, Marilyn. Well, JC, I can call that epic. I would say that was epic. But, you know, (laughs) let's back up a little bit because we've kind of put the cart before the horse in a way. Because I want to get, like, I want to find out what was going on. How did, you know, how this whole adventure even began. But even go back a little further uh, to your own adventure being you, JC, and what it was like when you were growing up. Were you a kid that traveled a lot? Did your folks take you guys on trips? What was that like for you? I, you know, a good story to illustrate kind of how uh, my my growing up was, and this applies to travel and food and everything else, is that one day I was over to a friend's house, and they had ordered pizza, and they asked me, "What what do you want on your pizza?" Uh, they say, "What do you you know what, what do you have?" And I was like, "Oh, I you know I only eat cheese pizza. That's the only kind of pizza I eat." And they said, "Oh, oh," and they kind of gave each other a concerned look as well. You know, I, okay, well that's here here's what we have. So they opened up pizza boxes, and I took a bite of the first piece of pizza, and it was like this flavor explosion. I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is the best pizza." I have ever had. I cannot believe how good this pizza is. And I'm eating it, I'm eating it, I'm eating it, and the parents and my friends are laughing. And, and they're like, I'm like, what? And they're like, that's not cheese pizza. It's pepperoni, and the pepperoni's underneath the cheese. You just couldn't see it. And so I thought, oh, my gosh, maybe it's not just cheese pizza. Like Maybe I like other flavors that I've never been exposed to. And I would say that is analogous to how my travel life was, you know, I kind of grew up in the travel world with more of a cheese pizza kind of existence. You know, my parents, uh, they're amazing, uh, wonderful people, but not, uh, not huge travelers. So I was kind of in the Midwest, uh, most of the time in, in the small, small town Midwest where I grew up, not venturing too far from home. Uh, again, just not being exposed to a lot. And it wasn't until, I was well into uh, well into college that I had my first kind of bite of that new pizza and that took me to that new place. And once I had a taste of, of travel, uh, it changed everything for me. But it didn't happen. It, it's not something I grew up with at all. Gotcha. Wow. Well, so when you had that adult moment when it started to happen, uh, what was kind of the first – when you first went, oh, wow, this is for me. So my first real brush with spontaneous travel was I I was in college. I was in a, in a dorm, and we had a shared kitchen. And I heard one of my friends on the phone talking to uh, a mutual acquaintance. And I heard him saying, no, I'm not going on this trip. I can't go on this trip. It's There's no way. You're crazy. You're crazy. And I, I come in. I overheard this conversation. I said, what's going on? And he said, my crazy friend wants to drive down to New Orleans for Mardi Gras. And I said, when? He says, right now. And without thinking, I just asked, is there room in the car? 
and he said, there, there's one seat left in the car. So I called this complete stranger. I, don't, I still don't know what compelled me to do it, and ended up going on this road trip with three total strangers down to New Orleans where we spent, I think, 16 or 17 hours at Mardi Gras and then drove back because people had tests to take the next week. Uh, and that was my catalyst, my travel catalyst trip. That was the first time I'd taken a really spontaneous long-distance road trip. And the conversations on that trip with the other road trippers who were more experienced than I was really changed my complete approach. That was like my first bite of the new, uh, the new pizza. You know, it was like, whoa, this is, this is unreal, and I can't believe people do this. I can't believe people take trips like this on a regular basis. And, uh, and yeah, that was, that was the first for me. Well, I'll tell you, J.C., having met you and feel that I know you a little bit, I can really envision that big, grand smile of yours in the car <laughs> on that road trip. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, it was amazing. What a glorious was, time I, I that must have been. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the smile hung around for, uh, for a few days. For I sure. bet, yeah, and what a great place to go to New Orleans. How fun. Well, listen, when we come back from the break, let's pick up right there because I want to move now fast forward a little bit and get a little deeper into kind of how things evolved to get you on this path that, that you're on right now. Okay, that sounds great. Great. Well, thanks, JC. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. We'll be back right after the break. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish-language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in Western North Carolina. Ola Carolina Magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract, engage, and connect with Latino customers. As Elite Airways starts its descent into Vero Beach, Florida, passengers will realize this is no typical Florida beach town. It's a hidden gem on Florida's Atlantic coast, where its beauty goes far beyond the beach, where culture, eco-adventure, and pure relaxation await you, and where there are no high-rises to spoil the sunrises. Discover the one destination that's a natural for your next vacation. Discover Vero Beach today. 
Get ready to discover Vero Beach. Visit summerflyaway.com and register for your chance to win two round-trip tickets on Elite Airways from Asheville Regional Airport to Vero Beach Regional Airport. Three days and four nights luxury accommodations at Costa de Este Beach Resort and Spa. Tickets to the McKee Botanical Gardens. Paddle boat tour for two with Paddles by the Sea. And two airboat tour tickets from Florida Airboat Rides. Discover Vero Beach today. Log on to summerflyaway.com. No purchase necessary. See official rules for details. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. Remember, Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty. They are the go to realty office right here in Asheville. If you want a cabin, a barn, a place to live out in the country, a little bungalow out in West Asheville, just check in with AppalachianRealty.com. They'll help you out. And remember, enter the Vero Beach Flyaway Sweepstakes. One lucky winner is going to receive two round-trip tickets on Elite Airways right down to Vero Beach from Asheville. You're going to get three days, four nights, luxury accommodations, be down there on the beach. It sounds wonderful. www.summerflyaway.com. Well, I'm excited. My guest today is J.C. Geiger. He's just an amazing guy who's been on quite a journey. And we're talking to you in from Eugene, right? That's correct. It's pretty early there for you, huh, JC? <laughs> <laughs> I wish I could lie and say I'm a total morning person, but uh, I've got my cup of coffee here, Marilyn. It, it is all good. It uh, is. It's, it's a little bit earlier, but uh, I am always happy to talk about travel, so it's perfect. Well, I'll tell you, as you were talking about this trip that you just embarked on and those kind of odd hours that you, know, you had non-traditional hours going on, that could have gotten you in a little practice, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, this is this is pretty light lifting compared to that. Exactly. Sure. All right, so let's just pick up where we were. You were, you know, on you did this road trip with these guys down to New Orleans. You had this life changing kind of moment where it was an aha moment, I would say, of I love this. So how'd you how'd you go further out? What was next? Well, uh, so this this experience kind of opened, you know, opened this new door to to a world that I had just learned existed. This world of traveling, and once you kind of, as, as you're well aware, once you go through that rabbit hole, you can't really come back out again. You know, it's 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 something you can't unsee. So it it had this interesting effect on me. I actually became really restless being in college. It started to occur to me that uh, I'd spent so much of my time sitting at desks listening to people talk, and now that I knew there was this whole world out there, I started really wrestling with even being in school at all and came very close to just leaving college uh, and doing something more interesting, traveling, seeing more of the world. And one day I was sitting with my roommate. I was really fed up with a few of the professors I had in the education department. I was just, you know, I was at my wit's end, and he was watching the movie Endless Summer. And I was just kind of watching over his shoulder. I was sitting there eating Captain Crunch, looking over my roommate's shoulder as he's watching Endless Summer, which is this surf movie where people follow the surf from 
from you know island to island, nation to nation. And they and I said, what is that? Where are they? He said, oh, that this is Fiji. And it was this gorgeous white sands beaches and these curling waves and these palm trees. And, and I said, I, I'm going to Fiji. I'm going to Fiji. You know, I just I, and I, I stood up from the table. And it was kind of like that moment where I went to Mardi Gras. I, it was just this thing possessed me. And I was like, I'm, do, I'm doing this. I have to do this. And my roommate said, there's no way you're going to Fiji, Jeff. There's no, I mean, there's, you're not going to do that. Like, you're in the middle of school. You're not going to go. And I said, no, I'm going to go. And he said, I'll bet you five bucks you don't go to Fiji. <laughs> so we shook hands. And I left. And I went down to the study abroad office at uh, the school. And I walked in. There was no line. And I said, hey, um, I want to go to Fiji. Do you have a study abroad program in Fiji? And they said, well, why are you interested? And I didn't tell them exactly why. And, and, uh, and they said, well, we can send you to Fiji, but the only program in Fiji is agricultural studies. And I said, oh, even I, I can't make that fit with an education, film, writing major. There's just no, even in a stretch, I can't do it. And I said, well, where's the closest country that you have, um, that you have, you know, comparable English or writing uh, programs? And they said, well, Newcastle, Australia has a great program, and that's not too far from Fiji. And I said, okay, how can I enroll? So fast forward. Uh, instead of leaving college, I, I took a, a little escape hatch and ended up spending about nine months abroad and uh, bought a ticket through student travel organization that allowed me a stopover in Fiji on the way to Australia. And so I did. I won my five bucks. I made it to Fiji. I was there during a coup, actually. It was an uprising, uh, overthrowing the government while I was in Fiji for two weeks, which was uh, <laughs> not great for my parents' blood pressure and heart rate, as it was their first time their their firstborn son had left the country, and there was a you know military uprising. Uh, but then I left Fiji, went to Australia, uh, was there for six amazing months, and then went to New Zealand. And by that time, I was well hooked. But that was my first out of the country experience, and kind of started me on my path of uh, of travel uh, around the world, as opposed to. Uh, you know, just road trips in the United States. Wow. Well, you know, it's so uh, inspiring to uh, to hear this story because when you know, you know, and you and you figured out a way to do it. You won your five bucks. You <laughs> <laughs> you did it, and that is so awesome. So, yeah, I can definitely see now. You know, you, we've kind of gone full circle from this Midwest corn-fed boy to this, <laughs> you know, right. world traveler now. It wasn't like he just even went close. You went far. You know. Yeah, it's about as far as you can go, I think. I mean, I, I, you probably can I mean, maybe... Uh, I'm sure maybe there's farther points, but it felt pretty darn far. Oh, I would say it. it's very far. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I... You know, what was it like? I mean, the people that you met and the uh, experiences that you had, especially being in an, doing it with an educational uh, perspective, you must have been really like living the local kind of life, too, right? It, yeah, it was. I, I mean, I think the most poignant thing I learned in, I think, on that trip, when I look back on it, was... You know, when I got to that school, I was I was surrounded by people because I was living in a dorm who it was their first year. You know, I'd already been in college for uh, a year and a half, um, and they 
they had not a lot of them actually had been in for over two years at that point, and a lot of them were just coming into the dorms for the first time. So uh, it was hard for me to get people to travel with me when I went to Australia because people wanted to hang out in the dorms and party. It was their first, which I understand. I mean, it was their first time being away from home, and they knew Australia better than I did. Uh, so even you know being in Australia is kind of where I learned that if you want to have an adventure, you have to be willing to chase it yourself. And you can't wait for other people to, to come with you or to be ready for you to go. You know, my friends from high school are, were fairly stunned at my travels because they said, Jeff, you, you, know, you were always the first person to come along on a trip. But um, but you you never started. You you were never the one. You were never the trailblazer. You were never the leader. You were never the one who said, "Hey, let's pack up and go and drive to you know." Like with New Orleans, I didn't. I, it wasn't my idea. I was just the passenger. And in in Australia, I learned that if I was going to see this whole beautiful country, I couldn't wait for other people to plan my trip for me, and I couldn't wait for other people to come along. I had to be willing to strike out on my own if I wanted to have the kinds of adventures I wanted to have. And that's really what my time in Australia taught me more than anything was you have to be willing to go, go it alone sometimes if you want to have the experience that you're, you're really hungry for. Right. Well, I appreciate that. That's some very sage advice uh, from your life experience. And I would certainly imagine, too, that getting in that car the very first time and just spontaneously going on that road trip to New Orleans, you know, you kind of – the seed was set. You know, there was probably a little even foreshadowing that these guys were the trailblazers. You were there to learn from them, like, as part of what your future would hold. Exactly. Yeah. And they and uh, and 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 that's I think I think that in travel in general, as I look back, I had these amazing travel mentors that I met. And they really kind of shaped my experience of how to appreciate travel, how to be brave enough to go, because uh, it's it's hard. It, it takes it takes a lot of courage to strike out on your own, to break gravity of home and and punch through that comfort bubble into the great unknown is not yeah. easy to do. And uh, well, and hold I, that I, thought, I, hold that thought, JC. When we come back from the break, let's pick up right there. Okay. All right, JC, great having you on the show. We'll be back right after the break. As Elite Airways starts its descent into Vero Beach, Florida, passengers will realize this is no typical Florida beach town. It's a hidden gem on Florida's Atlantic coast, where its beauty goes far beyond the beach, where culture, eco-adventure, and pure relaxation await you, and where there are no high-rises to spoil the sunrises. Discover the one destination that's a natural for your next vacation. Discover Vero Beach today. Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina Magazine. This glossy Spanish-language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in Western North Carolina. Ola Carolina Magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract in engage and connect with Latino customers. 
People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. Get ready to discover Vero Beach. Visit summerflyaway.com and register for your chance to win two round-trip tickets on Elite Airways from Asheville Regional Airport to Vero Beach Regional Airport. Three days and four nights luxury accommodations at Costa de Este Beach Resort and Spa. Tickets to the McKee Botanical Gardens. Paddle boat tour for two with Paddles by the Sea and two airboat tour tickets from Florida Airboat Rides. Discover Vero Beach today. Log on to summerflyaway.com. No purchase necessary. See official rules for details. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball, your host, right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty. They've been helping people call Asheville home since 1979. And remember, be sure to visit the speakingoftravel.net website. There you'll find some really great stories and links to all the past podcasts. It's it's a lot of fun. And you know what? No passport required. Well, my guest today is J.C. Geiger. Is that right, J.C.? Do I have it right? You got it. Yay. Well, <laughs> I, you know, I want to just call you wild man, and we're going to get to that. <laughs> it's easier It's easier to pronounce. It's easier on the eyes. I mean, it's, it's fine. Wild man's good. It is. It's perfect. In fact, now that I'm getting to know you even better hearing your stories, it's, you know, going from this Midwest kid who's now, like, traveling the world and uh, – it sounds like you did some pretty crazy things from that point on, JC. I mean, I'm looking at your bio, and it's like you, I don't know, <laughs> ate, what was it? You ate some kind of, some, the, the, heart yeah, the, of beating, the heart of a snake? Like, what's yeah. up? It's like you went from here to full speed ahead, <laughs> becoming this wild man. What was going on? Oh, uh, I, I think it was... Once, once I could, once I saw that how much of a world there was out there that was different from from what I knew, I just I was I was hungry for it. I, I think what's interesting is it's the it's the same way I was hungry for for books and for movies and for stories when I was uh, when I was younger, and of course I continue to be that way. But that was my first kind of ravenous experience with with something was when I was. When I was a kid, ever since I was able to read, I was just devouring books, book after book after book, movie after movie after movie. And I think part of that was that escapism, but also that experiencing of these different realities, this full immersion experience of being in someone else's uh, day-to-day life. And when I learned that, no, in fact, you, you can actually step into these other worlds, it was this magical thing. I mean... You know, that I didn't just have to read about 
these great travel stories, but I could go out and create my own travel stories uh, and actually be immersed in a way that was not just through reading words on a page or watching images on a screen, but, you know, all the sights and smells and tastes and the whole choose-your-own-adventure aspect of travel. Uh, and I found it addictive. I just, I, I loved it. I was worried, actually, for a period of time that, um, you know, that, that I would never, that I would just, I would never be able to stop, uh, stop traveling at all. I would just, I would just kind of keep going. And worries maybe be the wrong word, because at the time that seemed fine with me. But, uh, but to me, it was, you know, it's all about, and I still feel this way, uh, even though I've been in Eugene now for, 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 for about, I think, over 10 years, but I think there's nothing more exciting to me than being immersed in a new world, a new place. I, I feel like it's like being young again. It's like you're taken back to when you're a kid and, and you don't understand how your world works, and there's all these mysteries and surprises, and you don't know if magic is real or not. And I feel that same sense of wonder and joy and sometimes fear when I put myself in a new place. I feel like you're going back and relearning how to see the world. And I never got tired of that. So all the wild experiences I've had were kind of a result of me following the current, saying yes, uh, and going where the trip took me. And, uh, and I think although you need to be safe when you're traveling, I think that the more you can say yes and the more you can follow the current without a specific itinerary, the more amazing, surreal situations you can find yourself in. At least that's been my experience. So it sounds like you, you know, took all these experiences, all this that you've learned and recognized uh, and, and experienced as you've been living your life and wrapped it all into uh, this this guy, Lance, you know, the main character in your book. Um, <laughs> like, how long did that go on that you were maybe living this book, that somehow it was percolating inside of you? you know, how long did that kind of unfold for you? I think... It, that's an interesting question. I, you, you know, I the book Wild Man, even though it was not, you know, I you know, I wrote several books before that that are still sitting in my in my drawer of my desk or on files on my computer that that weren't uh, weren't as I mean honestly weren't as good as Wild Man or um, that I didn't feel as closely. Uh, and I think that because I think Wild Man was the, was the story I most wanted to tell. I mean, I. I basically confronted myself as a writer and said, stop thinking about selling a book. Stop worrying about selling a book because you're never going to sell one. And I really, I, I, it was basically like I had to sit down with myself and said, you're never going to sell a book. So what's the most urgent story you want to tell? What do you want to get on paper before you die, before you stop writing, before whatever happens, happens? And it was this, it was this story. And I couldn't write this story until I gave up the idea of publishing it because it was so personal. And to use your term, it was percolating for years because, you know, Wild Man is all about what other people expect of you and how other people see you and how uh, if you can shake free of that, you can open up this whole world, not just understanding the world around you, but understanding the world inside you, you know, who you are, who you really are free of the way other people see you and the, and the way that you've been pegged by the community that you live in. 
And I felt, you know, I felt very much that way when I started my travels because it was not within my character to do that. Like I said, I was the passenger on the trips. I wasn't the adventurer. And when I started taking these trips, it was met with some resistance um, by people. It was, they thought it was weird. They thought, you know, I was dropping out of school. What was I doing? I was always such a good student, and now I didn't care about school anymore. And anytime you try to change yourself, it's met with resistance. It's just part of, I think it's part of human nature. I, I don't think it's all bad, but, uh, but I think it can, it can really trap you as a person because um, even friends who want the best for you can sometimes keep your identity more fixed than it should be. Uh, and so, yeah, I was I was wrestling with that for years and years, and even Marilyn to the point of what kind of writer I should be. I was wrestling with that same idea because I had been writing fantasy and science fiction, and I had a good community of people and family who were used to me, you know, writing those sorts of things. So when I when I started to write Wild Man, it was that same thing mirrored back. It was that same what literary fiction? You don't write this. This isn't what you write. And I think it was all that traveling um, and searching that way that helped me to have the courage to to write Wild Man. Because for me, it was about courage. It, it took. It was not an easy book for me to write when I started down the path of, of writing it. So it is. Uh, I think it's all tied all tied together. Um, that same venturing out, defying expectations, and uh, once you know what your truth is and what you want to follow, um, being able to follow it and uh, and not being afraid. Or being afraid, but doing it anyway. Right. (laughs) Well, I think you've come full circle because now that I've read the book and now that I've heard your story, it it just all blends in so beautifully together. And you've really given all of us, I feel, a gift because what you've done is taken all your experiences, put them all together, and then through this character, which, you know, in the book, he's just graduating from high school, but he could be any age. He could be our age right now. You know, he could be anybody. And taking all of that kind of mantra that goes through our head over and over and over again and being able to just cross that line and say, I'm going to step out of this. Um, I'm going to jump onto a freight train, whatever. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's that's true for everybody. That's why the book was resonating so much. It's a page turner. I couldn't stop. I really felt connected to these characters as I do with you right now. So (laughs) thank you, JC, Uh for being on the show today. Of course. And when we come back from the break, I want to pick up right there and see how Wild Man kind of thrust you down this other path to the travels that you just had. Okay, that sounds great. Awesome. Well, thanks for being on the show. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel, and we'll be back right after the break. People call Asheville home for all different reasons, and they all mean a better quality of living that reflects their very own uniqueness. Whether you're looking for a funky loft in downtown Asheville, an arts and crafts bungalow in a walkable community, or a small farm to create your own artistic legacy, Appalachian Realty Associates will help you find properties as unique as you. Visit them at AppalachianRealty.com or at their welcoming bungalow office on Arlington Street, right near downtown. Appalachian Realty, helping people call Asheville home since 1979. 
Latino buying power is huge and rising fast. If you want to tap into this new market, then connect by advertising in Ola Carolina magazine. This glossy Spanish language magazine is published monthly and reaches over 70,000 Spanish-speaking residents in Western North Carolina. Ola Carolina magazine is about much more than just speaking Spanish. It's about Latino culture. Visit OlaCarolina.com and transform how you attract in engage and connect with Latino customers. As Elite Airways starts its descent into Vero Beach, Florida, passengers will realize this is no typical Florida beach town. It's a hidden gem on Florida's Atlantic coast, where its beauty goes far beyond the beach, where culture, eco-adventure, and pure relaxation await you, and where there are no high-rises to spoil the sunrises. Discover the one destination that's a natural for your next vacation. Discover Vero Vero Beach today. Get ready to discover Vero Beach. Visit summerflyaway.com and register for your chance to win two round trip tickets on Elite Airways from Asheville Regional Airport to Vero Beach Regional Airport. Three days and four nights luxury accommodations at Costa de Este Beach Resort and Spa. Tickets to the McKee Botanical Gardens. Paddle boat tour for two with Paddles by the Sea and two airboat tour tickets from Florida Airboat Rides. Discover Vero Beach today. Log on to summerflyaway.com. No purchase necessary. See official rules for details. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You're listening right here on News Radio 570 WWNC and 880 The Revolution. And remember, Speaking of Travel is brought to you by Appalachian Realty. They've been helping people call Asheville home since 1979. So they certainly know the area pretty darn well. Well, I want to get right back with my guest, J.C. Geiger, right? And pick up right where we left off. Yay. So, Jeff, you know, I was telling you, reading your book, Wild Man, was just, it was such a beautiful experience because it's, it's a rite of passage kind of story, but at the same time, it's what, what you've been talking about, just being able to kind of go on this journey and find yourself. And it sounds to me like you are really starting to find yourself as an adult, as a writer, as a mover and shaker, as, you know, a leader. Um, give us some idea of what it was like when you came with this idea to go on this 4,300-mile journey. <laughs> like, what was going on? Talk about stepping right into it. You know, I, I'm a firm believer in uh, in actualizing an opportunity and making the most uh, of an opportunity. And, you know, having a book come out is a huge opportunity. And I, I just really didn't want to do the same kind of book launch that I've seen done so many times, which is, you know, author comes and reads a book and people show up and they get signatures. So I was thinking, how can I do, how can I blend the things I love? I love books, I love bookstores, love libraries. And I love road trips. So somewhere after wrestling, you know, toss, really, I, I sleep well most nights, but for, for months I was in the tossing, turning stage trying to figure out what to do. And it finally came to me. I was walking one day, and it hit me, and I said, I want to do a road trip that involves 
all of these different aspects of, of, of books and literature that, that I care about and also hooks in friends, family, and new fans uh, to, to bring them into this experience. And so uh, I, had a, I had a call later that day with the people at Disney, Hyperion. And uh, <laughs> there's nothing quite, Marilyn, there's nothing quite like pitching an idea and then just hearing stunned silence on the other side of the line. You know? Yeah, I can relate because... to that, see. <laughs> <laughs> so that's pretty much what happened. I said, okay, I want to take this 93 Buick. So you know, of course, you know, this 93 Buick is the car that broke down and actually stranded me at a motel after a writing retreat. And we didn't really talk about this much. And I won't go too much into it here because of our time, but you know, that was my dark night of the soul as a writer. I mean, I was driving back from a writing retreat. This 93 Buick broke down. I, was, I, I had very little money. My wife and I were sharing a car. And, uh, and I was stranded for a few days and had to force myself to think about why am I doing this? Should I still be writing, et cetera, et cetera? And, and as I talked about, you know, I, I, I was able to find through that experience the courage to, to write Wild Man. So I'm pitching this idea. And I tell Disney, I fear, I say, hey, so I've still got this 93 Buick. And they say, wait, wait, you mean the one that broke down and stranded you and inspired this book? And I say, yeah, I've still got it. And it still runs. And I pitch them the idea to drive you know, 4,300 miles across the country to New York. And I say, you know, and I'm going to do it in real time. It's going to be interactive. I'll only drive five miles for every book that people pre-order. And then I'll drive a mile for every $5 people donate to the American Library Association. And again, stunned silence. <laughs> and they go back and say, well, Maybe, maybe JC, uh, you could bank the miles ahead of time, uh, and then after the drive, the pledge drive is over, just drive the amount of miles as opposed to making it a day-to-day -day contingency. And I thought, well, what's the fun in that? I mean, you know, the 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 reality of of, of travel is that spontaneity and that kind of slight danger. So. I wanted to make it a little dangerous. I wanted it to be, you know, maybe nobody cares about my trip and nobody pledges any miles and I get stuck in West Texas on the side of the road for a few days. You know, it could happen. Or maybe the Buick itself breaks down and strands me somewhere um, and I can't find a mechanic, which, you know, uh, which, which could also happen. Uh, but the philosophy that I love is, and this is a quote that guides me all the time, is err on the side of what makes the better story. <laughs> And to me, uh, driving this 93 Buick that we already know could break down, it's an unreliable vehicle in some ways, and also relying on people to, to kind of come in and pledge to American libraries, it was just, it was too good. Even if it failed, even if it catastrophically failed, as trips can and, and will do, it still makes a better story than sitting at home and doing a blog tour, you know? So, uh, so I had to do it. And that's kind of how that's how it came out. And then and then to have it work was just amazing. I mean, I, I, it was mind blowing. I, the support of people for libraries and for bookstores and for this book, Wild Man, was uh, was staggering and unexpected. And you raised money. You were giving back to the American Library Association. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And I actually uh, we raised 
We raised over $4,000, um, and we also, but this to me is even more important, there were 130, 140 new donors to the American Library Association. Because a lot of people, you know, $4,000 to the American Library Association maybe is not a huge amount of money, but, uh, but having all those people for the first time giving to libraries, that's a big deal. Uh, and that was really cool uh, to have that happen. And then my part of the bargain was I, ha- I have two Buicks. I was a man of two Buicks. And my other Buick uh, was a 2003. And I said, if I get to New York City, I'm donating my vehicle to the American Library Association. So I, uh, I did that last week. I uh, got all the paperwork finalized. And that was another addition to the donations uh, to the ALA. So. Well, congratulations. That is so awesome. Did you have a bumper sticker on your Buick that said, my other car is a Buick? <laughs> no, well, I've never seen that bumper sticker. I, I, I want one. <laughs> well, it would be appropriate. So listen, JC, this is also awesome. How can we find out more? Give us some insight on where you are. How can we find out, follow you, give money to the Library Association? Maybe we can pick up even more people. You're creating a uh, legacy here, and I think it's just so... Uh, it's a warm and, and loving way to uh, leave something behind. Oh, that's that's great, and that's that's really what uh, what what also inspired me to uh, to do it is, you know, libraries and, and and independent bookstores particularly have given so much to me as a as a as a human being, but also as a writer. So it's amazing to even have the ability to to give back. So. Um, yeah, that's just uh, it's 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 been an incredible ride. So yeah, if people if people want to, uh, you know, if people want to find Wildman, Wildman is is right now uh, pretty easy to find. It's it's uh, it's a a lot of independent bookstores which is the first place I always try to send folks. But also it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble. I guess there have been sightings at Walmart and Costco, which is amazing. I found it in an airport the other day, Marilyn. Wow. I found Wildman in an airport. Congratulations, JC. Look at that. It's your book is traveling. <laughs> I know. It makes me so happy. So, I know. Uh, so the so the book is the book is around um jcgeiger.com uh which is updated very regularly. Uh is a great place to kind of see what what's coming next. I'm going to keep keep things interesting. I I don't want to do a standard book tour, but I might do something on a train where I'm jumping off a train and, uh, you know, seeing people at different different points across the U.S. There's a great train, the Empire Builder, that goes from Eugene to Chicago. I'm toying with that idea. Actually, later in July, this month, um, yeah, I'm going to be uh, going to be traveling uh, across the country, back across the country in uh, in the same 93 Buick, uh, because I, I didn't get to go to Telluride, which I don't want to give anything away from the book, but it's an important place to go. And I feel like I, uh, I feel like the Buick needs to go there. So well, you also need to ahead. Carol. You also need to throw your shoes over there when you get there, not to give anything away. <laughs> Spoiler alert! I know. I uh, yeah. I I've got I've got to go. There's just there's just a lot of places of significance and. The Buick is still kicking, Yay. and I certainly still have the desire to uh, to get out there and travel and, and shake shake things up a little bit in terms of uh, in terms of what I can do. JC, I think book. you're always going to be a mover and a shaker. So I just want to make sure people know it's uh, 
J-C, and it's G-E-I-G-E-R, right? That's right. Yep. Geiger. And and the website is, uh, yeah, the website's just uh, J-C Geiger, spelled that same way, dot com. And then I'm also... I'm also on uh, Instagram, uh, Twitter, and Facebook um, under J.C. Geiger. So, awesome. It uh, should be fairly easy to find. And, uh, well, and, yeah, I hope more people join the adventure. They will. Well, thank you so much for being on the show, and I'd love to have you back after your next yeah. trip. And if you're in Asheville, come by and see me again. That okay, was too I'll much be out fun. There collecting more stories for you, Marilyn. I would love it, J.C. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me. All right. Good travels. Hey, this is Marilyn Ball. You've been listening to Speaking of Travel. I want you to go out and have a great day and have a great week. And remember, don't postpone joy. Joy.